So today we're going to be talking about a few stories. And I mean, the biggest one probably will be this week is um, it looks like Nancy Pelosi may, may be sending over the um, impeachment papers over to the Senate. Mm-hmm. So this first story, it is out of, that's it's a Ruther's story. Anyway, this is an opinion story from Matthew Continetti, but really, I just we just wanted to I just wanted to speak on this. I mean, just um, the hilarity. Yes, <laughs> and the weird thing is, is that you know, this just speaks to the genius of Mitch McConnell, mm-hmm. and I know he's not he hasn't always been our favorite. He hasn't always been our favorite Republican. As far as uh, Republicans go, he is, you know, the top establishment dog. Yeah. But one thing I will say about Mitch McConnell is he, I think he probably perfected a lot of the same strategies that Trump uses, but just in a different way. Mm-hmm. So the Trump's Trump's ability to make people think he's off the cuff when some most of the time he isn't, it's just I think a lot of times it's just strategy. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times it'll seem like he's off the cuff and he's just going off script and things are just happening crazy and there really is no plan. A lot of times there are and it just tricks people into thinking they're countering him mm-hmm. when really they're stepping right into the trap that mm-hmm. he set for them. Mm-hmm. And Mitch McConnell does that in a lot of different ways, except for he doesn't do it as flamboyantly as Trump does and as you know he does it in his own way. No. Really how how McConnell does it is McConnell he just doesn't talk really. Mm-hmm. He doesn't tell you what his cards are. He mm-hmm. doesn't play things out mm-hmm. out in the open. A lot of times he's just silent mm-hmm. and things are just happening. Mm-hmm. So I think it's fitting that he is called the turtle mm-hmm. because a lot of times he's just walking along. And we've done that, you know Democrats fall for it almost every time mm-hmm. with Mitch McConnell, mm-hmm. where they think they're just sprinting around them. They're the hair. They're mm-hmm. beating them. They're running mm-hmm. circles around them. They thought that with Obama a bunch of different times with McConnell. But mm-hmm. then when you look out over the a year or two, you can see where Mitch McConnell ended up jumping over, mm-hmm. you know, a few different, like uh, with the judges, for instance. It's amazing with him because it's like, He's he is just not your guy when it comes to certain things, but boy, when it comes to the things that are important, important to, him. to him, yes, that guy is a bulldog. I mean, he's not going to yeah. let go. And he's and one thing I will say that he crossed the line. Nancy Pelosi crossed the line when she started trying to dictate what the Senate was going to do. Oh, totally. And Mitch McConnell is very very sensitive to his baby, which is the Senate, mm-hmm. and he is not going to. Mm-hmm seed power of the senate to anybody else mm-hmm. and he's you think you're and gonna certainly not nancy pelosi no certainly not nancy pelosi she had no idea what she was going up against when she thought she was going to be telling mitch mcconnell what was going to be happening with this impeachment and this is after this is after uh the disastrous way that they even brought about the impeachment by holding secret meetings and not allowing any witnesses or any Republicans into rooms and all that other crap that was going on. She thought that she was going to bring that same circus to the Senate, which I don't even know why. And the brilliance of it, she means she had absolutely no leverage. So he just played it exactly how anyone would play it when someone has no leverage. It's like he just sit back and he just said, okay, you'll be here. 
Yeah. You'll need me before I need you. Yeah. And then over time, you know, the moderate Democrats in the Senate started Mm -hmm. coming out and saying, well, maybe it's time to get those impeachment Mm -hmm. (laughs) impeachment over here. What are we doing? And at the end of the day, it ended up being a big loss for Pelosi, even though you won't see that anywhere in the media. Mm -hmm. This was a big loss for her Mm -hmm. because she got absolutely nothing out of this stalled whatever this was. Yeah. You know, and she just. I'm just, gonna, I'm just going to say this: this impeach, this impeaching uh, the president that that okay, this whole this whole gamut that they that they have run uh, with the, with the House. This is political theater. I'm just telling you right now. It did, now doesn't mean that the president can't actually you know be impeached at the point of leaving office. I think that it's not likely. But what I'm saying is is that this is political theater. This is what Democrats do when it comes to the House. When it comes to Democrats, this is all this is all smoke and mirrors. This is what they do. And when you've got the media heavily behind you, really making a big stink about it, really putting information out there like some like some great victory has been won, then it can actually make a victory that's completely non-existent look pretty look pretty decent. And look the, pretty the funny big. thing is they've been coming out with all these puff pieces. Oh my gosh. Since she held the yeah. you know, she's a genius. Look yeah. at her. She's so powerful. Yeah. Look what she's doing. She's leading she's the she's smartest person the in Washington. And it's like, are you kidding <laughs> me right now? Look this is a disaster. It, she had no leverage and and to Mitch McConnell's credit, he picked the exact same rules yep. that Bill Clinton had during sure his impeachment. Did. He said, if Back it was good 99. for them, it's yep. good for me. Yep. Also, not to mention that all this, oh my gosh, she's coordinating with the White House and all. He's not going to be impartial. Um, Senate Democrats, when they were in charge of the the, the Senate during Bill Clinton's impeachment, mm-hmm. They did the exact same thing. They did. Literally. They did. So Mitch McConnell just like, I'm going to play how y'all played it. Yeah. And he, yeah. he, Mitch McConnell plays the long ball better than anybody I know in Washington right now. People mm-hmm. talk about how Democrats play the long ball. Democrats do not play the long ball how Mitch McConnell plays the long ball. Mm-hmm. He sits there, what he did with those judges. Mm-hmm. You look at what he did with those judges. That's going to be multiple it, at least two generations worth of different precedents that come out of these this this the choices he made by holding back on these judges for Obama. He mm-hmm. got to hand mm-hmm. um, President Trump hundreds of mm-hmm. judges mm-hmm. Uh, judge positions all over the country and mm-hmm. all these circuit judges and appeal judges at the federal level. Mm-hmm. I mean. I think they cleared what twelve of them on the day that President Trump was exactly. impeached by the House. I mean, Mitch and McConnell just, was smiling ear to ear on that day, pushing <laughs> them out. He's just pushing them out. And he says, "Go ahead and bring this impeachment over here." So because I'm thinking, they're actually getting work done instead of working to get rid of the president every waking moment, which is what Democrat voters are actually wanting right now from their from their government. So, so the next story is this one is out of Breitbart, and it is about the new Peter Schweitzer book. It is called, um, wait, let me see, Profiles in Corruption. And so you might remember Peter Schweischer. He is the um, author of Clinton Cash. Mm-hmm. Now, if you have if, not watched that documentary, it is excellent. Yeah. It's and really it's just, it's, if you could rank um, Peter Schweitzer as far as like, um, I guess in 2016, there were a lot of different factors that went into the Trump phenomenon and Republicans uh, winning the House and uh, and winning the Senate. If you could factor in different people, different people who were major factors in making 
2016 happened, mm-hmm. Peter Schweitzer would definitely be on the list, I guess, of like top 20 people. Oh, yeah. And on top of that, you would you could add Dinesh D'Souza mm-hmm. for a lot of the work he did before that. I think I feel like those two men laid the groundwork mm-hmm. for a lot of the um, exposing mm-hmm. the systemic corruption mm-hmm. at the high levels mm-hmm. of the Democrat Party mm-hmm. and in our government. Mm-hmm. These two men exposed so many things, along mm-hmm. with John Sol- Solomon and um, Sarah Carter mm-hmm. at and. You know, those people right there, they have built so much as far as exposing all the corruption in government, mm-hmm. all the exposure, all the um, <laughs> all the corruption. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Peter Schweitzer has a new book and um, and this is from Breitbart, a forthcoming bombshell book from publishing giant HarperCollins will reveal how five members of Joe Biden's family, the Biden five siphoned off tens of millions of dollars in taxpayer cash and guaranteed loans. In the recent scandals involving Joe and Hunter Biden, Ukraine and Burisma are just the tip of the iceberg, says sources close to the publisher. So be looking for that on January 21st, because, I mean, this is probably going to rock the primaries coming up. Or it might not. Who knows? I mean, it probably won't. I mean, I think it explains, you know, why Biden is so adamant about not complying um, not complying with the Senate if he is subpoenaed. I mean, I wouldn't either if I was crooked. But one of the things too that I want to bring up about that is that I always hear people ask. They always they always ask. I don't understand why none of these people are going to jail. I don't understand. Let me just say this: follow the money, but also how deep corruption goes is when books and documentaries can be made and written about these people like the Clintons and like the Biden family and no one go to jail. That should really be an indication to you. I'm not saying that it's not possible. I'm not saying that it's just across the board. Well, nothing's going to be done. I'm saying that that really needs to be an indication to, to American voters of how deep the corruption goes. Yeah, I mean, one hand shakes one one hand one hand shakes the other. One hand, you know, washes the other. Whatever phrase you want to use, I'm just saying that that is how deep that this thing goes. That's that, and like like you said, that's the tip of the iceberg is the Ukraine fiasco. So, and just think about this too. Just some food for thought with that deep corruption. The in charge of the new FISA, the FISA court has had a lot of. They've passed some laws, I guess, to to reform the FISA court and make it not so corrupt. Well, guess who they just put in charge of like a key portion of it? Mm-hmm. An ex-Obama lawyer. Mm-hmm. Obama oh, administration ah, lawyer. Surprise. So, I mean, this just shows you, even in a, a Republican um, a Republican administration, you could still have it to where something like this would happen. You know, and, and I'm, I'd imagine if Trump gets wind of this, he's probably going to nip this in the bud mm-hmm. real quick. Mm-hmm. But um, just to have this happen and someone think that this is okay, that just shows you right there that we are in a they are at a different level in Washington. Yep. They are in your face, yep. and if you're not paying attention, they will slip it in, and they don't care. Yeah. So anyway, this is the next story we're going to be talking about is from one of our favorite senators, Nathan Dom, mm-hmm. and this is from a tweet from Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> Not a story. uh, (laughs) It's not a story. And uh, anyway, so a little bit of Oklahoma sprinkling in some Oklahoma news. You got to sprinkle some of that in. Mm -hmm. So today I filed SB 1264, 
which would stop cities from creating traffic ticket quotas. Our peace officers should have the opportunity to serve and protect our communities without being threatened by their employer for it. So SB 1264, based off this tweet, I would stop traffic ticket quotas. Mm -hmm. Sounds pretty smart. Mm -hmm. And it also points to more every session, the past few sessions I've paid attention when it came to laws like this, of them chipping away at what I would call the administrative state mm -hmm. where the cities and counties and all these different entities were trying to milk the public, milk mm -hmm. the taxpayer, milk mm -hmm. the citizen for different fees and things like this. And this yeah. is just another way that they milk you for those fees yeah. by setting up these yeah. traffic tickets. And the, I the mean, speed traps. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, mm -hmm. one guy wrote in a, a commenting on this, he wrote RIP speed traps. I'm looking at you, Stringtown, Kiowa, yep. Holbert, and et cetera. I was thinking about Stringtown and Asher. So, I mean, if mm -hmm. they're relying on revenue from speeding tickets and uh, hiding hiding these police officers in bushes and stuff so they mm -hmm. can catch people, I mean, you know, that, that stuff's going to have to stop. Mm -hmm. They're going to have to find another way to balance their books. Maybe they have to live more fiscally or within their means of the city. Well, we'll keep you posted on that, you know, as we move into 2020, because uh, Oklahoma session is right around the corner. So, and I'm sure there will be a lot, a lot of opposition <laughs> to a bill like that. I would imagine so. I would imagine so. So, so we'll, we'll keep see. you posted. Mm -hmm.